You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPay, I'd like to be your host as always. Joined as always by Shankers. Shankers, what's happening? We good? Yeah, nothing, just another good weekend in Scottish football. Plenty of goals, plenty of talking points. Brilliant. We're also joined by after his debut edition last week. Very impressive. Rory, Rory Loy's back. Rory, how are we doing? You good? Not too bad. First time I've had an impressive debut, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all good. Off what the day. So I've uh, watched all the football, watched the sports scene last night. Some good games, some some big talking points. I look forward to it. Brilliant. And we're delighted to be welcoming back our learned colleague, Mark Wilson's back. Wilson, how you been? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm surprised to be invited back. And unfortunately, I have to congratulate you and Shankers for the the recent shows that you've done, um, the live shows and some of the interviews and that have been first class. I've been keeping up to date and I saw that you'd broke a thousand followers. So I'm hoping to get at least maybe about 800 deleted off tonight. <laughs> um, uh, some of my patter and my, my, my con- controversial comments. So we'll see how we go. Brilliant. But a lot's been happening and we'll get right into the results. We'll start off with Aberdeen 1, Commandment now. Wilson, Tommy Wright's the new command manager. Just talk us through your, your opinion on that before we get into the game. I mean, I'll, I'll be 100%, and I was quite kind of vocal about it on uh, social media. I At the time, you know, from what was going on, I think Tommy Wright was probably one of the better appointments that we could have got. Um, it, you know, a vast experience, you know, knows the league, etc. I think that's possibly what commander needed at the time if it had been you know I can blame the board to be honest why it happened so late you know if you'd given them at the start of January when again results were poor you know I think you'd maybe have a wee bit more time with the squad possibly get maybe one or two more in um, if finances allowed and I think they'd possibly I'm not saying been a better position but I think things would be more kind of concrete for them but longer term I'll be honest I don't think you know, I mean, I know he won the Scottish Cup with St Johnston, had them very steady, but maybe I've just got a wee bit of ambition. And I know I've spoke to the two of you, you know, off air and on a chat that, that I just, I just feel with, with these kind of appointments in a year, eighteen months, I think Kelly will just be back to, oh, that's Tommy right. We don't play good football, and we're not doing this because, again, we see it all the time on here. We're ruined under Steve Clark. Um, in terms of success, maybe not in terms of how we played, but in terms of success that we had. Um, and I, I just feel, to, you know, to, I, mean, I hope he does well. I, you know, I'm quite sure he'll keep us up, to be honest. And at the time, yeah, you probably needed experience, but I'm very, very concerned about the, the quality in the squad. Um, that, 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 that's my biggest one. I, mean, I, I think, I think genuinely, I think Kyle Lafferty will do what um, you're probably a good friend, Shankers Kevin Kyle did a few seasons ago. And single-handedly, I'll keep Kelly up. I think Lafferty will score goals for Kilmarnock. I think he's a, a good player. If he can get the service, I, I, I think he'll do fine. But I'm, I'm even worried, you know, for next season, you know, about the, 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 the amount of players that I just don't think are good enough. And, and I know it's hard when there's no crowd, etc. but everyone's in the same boat. But there's a lot of guys here that I'm just not convinced about. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, does Tommy Wright, is he going to get to sign 9, 10, 11 players? Because I, in my opinion, I think that's what Kilmarnock needs just now. Yeah, definitely. But Rory, Aberdeen won Kilmarnock now yesterday. Aberdeen scored their first goal in seven games. What was your thoughts on the game? Were you surprised that Aberdeen got the victory? Uh, no, I wouldn't say surprised. Uh, if they were going to win, it was going to be by the odd goal. You know, uh, Tommy Wright showed at Ibrox last week that you know he's, he's capable of setting up a team that can be difficult to beat, which I think Alex Dyer struggled with at times. So... They went up to Pataudry and I, I thought it would probably be a draw. Um, it was good for Derek McInnes to get a, a finally get a goal at Pataudry, but no, no surprises. Winning by the odd goal um, was a, was a result that you know it's not going to surprise many people. I would say that I agree with Wilson in terms of the the appointment. I don't think it's the most exciting appointment for Kamalik fans, and I I think Kamalik is a club who have, who have got a ceiling and and 
and Stevie Clark reached that ceiling continuously. And I think that based on that success, it's going to be really difficult for any manager to, to reproduce that. You know, under Stevie Clark, Kamarnik would go to Pitodo and expect to win. Um, never mind pick up uh, a point or narrowly uh, a narrow defeat. So I wasn't surprised to see them walk away with a 1-0 win. It certainly relieves the pressure on Derek McInnes. Uh, he's had a tough start, fixture-wise, Tommy Wright. Uh, I know that Kamalik didn't deserve to lose against Motherwell. Narrow defeat against Rangers and another now narrow defeat at Pataudry. I think they will have enough to stay up, but the problem they've got as well at this moment in time is that they're, they're in that little bit of period where some clubs are looking at next season. Kamalik can't do that at the moment. They can't look to sign players for next season because they don't know what league they're going to be in. So the sooner they get safe, the better. Um, but in terms of Aberdeen, really good win. I think Derek McInnes would have taken a 1-0 win at the start. Uh, start of the day, the start of the weekend. So he's got it. It's just, he, he speaks relentlessly, Derek McInnes, about finishing third. And it's going to be interesting what, what he says if they end up finishing fourth, because he talks about finishing third all the time. But, he, you know, it'll be interesting to hear if Hibs do finish third, you know, his thoughts yeah. on that and, and where he sees the, you know, his future at the club and, and if he thinks that next season he's going to be there. I mean, I, sorry, I don't know if you're going to ask Shankles there. I, I think I, I like Derek McInnes. I mean, he if I could have picked for someone feasible, obviously I would pick Pepper Klopp to be Kelly manager, but <laughs> I, I would I would like Derek McInnes, and I'll tell you why. I think I just think he's reached his shelf life at Aberdeen. I just think it's stale now. But if you if you look at them over the years, like and it's it's maybe, maybe it's not maybe it's his scouting department, but he always seems to get a player that can do a job for a year and then move on. You know, the likes of Adam Rooney come in, scored barrel loads of goals, got into cup finals. Um, Cosgrove did the same. Cosgrove had a great season. Um, and he, he gets players, and, they, you know, if they perform really well, uh, for example, Johnny Hayes, and he goes to Celtic, he always um, brought him back. And he always seems to have an eye for, for good players. Um, and as I say, I know he's maybe spent a wee bit of money, but he's maybe made a bit of money as well. And as I say, I think Joe Lewis has not a great season this season, but I think he's been a pretty consistent keeper as well. And as I say, Kilmarnock don't have the same budget as Aberdeen, but Derek McInnes is one I would love at Kilmarnock, to be honest. And as I say, yeah. maybe Aberdeen with their budget, etc., maybe they're expected um, to, to finish third. Uh, but as I, as I say, I just think he's, he's went stale there. I think he knows that. I think the club knows that as well. But if you look at his record... You know, out with the old firm, it would be harsh to actually sack the guy. Yeah, definitely. I said that last. I touched on that last week in terms of the turnover. He signs players that do really well, and then they leave, go back to the loan clubs. Even look, James Madison up there at one point. So that just kind of goes back to the recruitment. It's you know he's done an unbelievable job. I, and I agree, I agree to an extent that he went. You know, things went a little bit stale. But I think when you look at the turnover of players at Aberdeen, you know, out with the old firm, they must have the, the the biggest turnover in terms of actually moving players on who've been successful. So to continually do that over how long has he been there? Eight years, nine years. Uh, so I, I think it's harsh to say it's went stale because his players get taken off him continuously. I think I think he deserves. I think he's got money in the bank, so to speak. Um, and he's got credit in the bank in terms of what he's achieved and what he's done at Aberdeen and any cup final he did lose majority of them were to Brendan Rodgers Celtic so it's really difficult to, to, to make a judgement based on that so if he does want to stay I think he should get next season um, as a way of showing a bit of loyalty because he's he's shown unbelievable loyalty to them I mean he could have went he could have been a Rangers manager before um, a couple of Rangers managers took the job so like I said, I do agree that it's maybe went a bit stale, but if anyone deserves a chance to, to, to try and freshen it up again, then it's, then it's definitely him. But I, I certainly don't see him being commanded manager anything soon. No, no, no. no I don't <laughs> but he's just saying if, like, in, in feasibility, like, he's, he's one I, I would definitely have liked. Um, I've at a bigger club, but he's definitely one I would have liked. Shankers, is there anything you want to add about this game before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, the boys have covered everything. Come on, not really. Really struggling now. Looks like they've no confidence whatsoever. They're lacking goals. They've got the worst away form in the league. Ten points for sixteen games isn't really good enough for a team that, that finished third uh, just a few seasons ago. So no, there's there's no much else I can say apart from that. I, I just think it's it's funny how football works sometimes. Bondi goes off injured and then uh, Henry comes on and he ends up scoring, scoring the goal that, that wins the game. For, Probably no starting at all. So I just think that was funny the way that works out. And it was a great header to be fair to the boy. Definitely. We'll move on to Easter Road. Habs get back into a, a decent run of form, one and two now. Martin Boyle and Josh Doyd with the goals. Were you impressed with how Habs played, Shankers? 
I, I, I called it a few months ago. I think Hibs will, will finish third. I never seen Aberdeen kind of, kind of sliding away like, like this, but I just thought Hibs overall had, had a kind of good, solid, compact squad with quality all, all over uh, all over the pitch. I don't know what's Jason is with Nisbet. Uh, I don't know whether he's going to come back into the fold or what. I think he's kind of, kind of messed that up for himself, putting in a transfer request. He's only been at the club six months and he's putting in transfer requests. I don't, I, I don't know whether that is. I think he can maybe just bit the bullet and wait at the end of the season and see if something happens there because the bigger picture is if if he's on the park playing and scoring goals, somebody's going to come in for him and now he's going to put himself out of the game a wee bit. So that was silly from his point of view. Yeah. Rory, one player that stood out to me and I'm, I'm sure the boys will agree was is Josh Dodge. How impressed have you been with him? He's been brilliant this season. Um, he's kind of the, the modern-day fullback. He bombs he bombs up and down the, the wing. Um, not dissimilar, obviously, much younger than Kieran Tierney, but we were discussing Tierney before we come uh, come on the show there. And He's not dissimilar to him in the way he plays. He likes to get up and down. He is he is a little bit fragile defensively still. He's still got a lot to learn. There's been some bigger games this season where he's struggled, but his contribution over the course of the season has been unbelievable. And you know, he's got no one better to learn from than, than Lewis Stevenson. And in those games that I touch on there where he's maybe struggled, you know, Jack Ross has, has taken a step to maybe replace him with Stevenson, put a wee arm around him and then maybe sit on the bench, watch how Stevenson does in these in, in these bigger games and then kind of learn from it. So, you know, we were touching on there about Derek McInnes. You know, I've worked under Jack Ross for six, seven months and he's brilliant at that type of thing. Um, I, I don't know the situation when it is, but, but um, if I had any confidence in any manager to deal with that type of situation where a player wants to leave but still get the best out of him, it would be Jack Ross. So I don't think for a second that Kevin Nisbet's sitting there on the bench on the huff. Um, I have every confidence Jack Ross would have dealt with that um, and dealt with it professionally and dealt with it well to get the best out of him. But in terms of Josh Doig, he's, yeah, he's, he's certainly one for the future. He's exciting. He's one you switch on the TV and you know you like to watch. He's, he's all action, flying into tackles and running up and doing that wing, getting balls in the box. And it was um, good to see him getting his first goal as well. Yeah, definitely. If, if Barisic left Rangers, I wouldn't think twice about replacing him with, with Josh Doig. I think he's no like for like and um, Barisic is a better player just now. But... It's, I think he would just suit the way Rangers play. He, he probably prefers going forward and attacking than attacking when he does defending. So I think he would be a good replacement if, if Barisic were to go in the summer. Yeah, definitely. Wilson, what about St. Your, uh, your favourite team in the league, St. Johnson? You, you tapped him to go down and since <laughs> then they have been on an amazing run of form and they're a 3-0-1 away to Motherwell. How impressed, is Car- How impressed are you with Callum Davidson? Callum, Callum watched the show and phoned me after it and said he was <laughs> disappointed. I met him in Tenerife about 25 years ago. Um, and we spoke, we spoke then when he was an up-and-coming player. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's definitely proved me wrong. But um, the regular listeners to the show know that's not a difficult thing to do. <laughs> but as I say, I, I still... I, th- I think he's done well again, but sometimes you, you can look at a wee... It, for me, that's a weak kind of false result because I'm critical of St. Johnson because of how boring they are. But I, I'd actually forgot the cup final was next week. So you always got a wee bit of a thing the week before a cup final because um, places will be up for grabs. Um, so producing a result, obviously, I think, well, I'll, I'll, get in, I'll get in the cup final starting 11 and whatnot. But I, I would actually, you know, I'm actually a wee bit concerned about Motherwell as well because. Um, but by, by watching the highlights, St. Johnson, like it was well deserved, and played them off the park, had chances, etc. And Motherwell offered very, very little. And as I say, I actually noticed that the previous manager as well, Andrew Alexander. See, see when see when you're rubbish, why why are you playing out for the back? Why do you keep like eight eight minutes in the clock? And you're still trying to pass to the six yard box and pass in. Do you know what I mean? When you're, when you're under a bit of pressure and they give away so many goals and chances like that. And I know that's a kind of modern way and I do think Graham Alexander will, will eventually, you know, come good. Whether he gets him up to anywhere near third or fourth, I would be very surprised, to be honest. Um, but as I say, it's a cracking result for St. Johnson and a massive confidence boost. And it's, I say, it's good for an up-and-coming manager. He's also Scottish as well, which is a good sign um, yeah. for the future. Um, but you know, Motherwell are one, you know, maybe a, a six point in a couple of weeks um, against Kilmarnock getting dragged right back into this relegation battle. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that losing that early goal yesterday helped Motherwell. Um, and just touching on the quality of St. Johnson, it was a great result. The first goal was 
outstanding. If that goal was scored in the Premier League, they would be talking about it, um, you know, for a while. Yeah. It was, it was or a if Morelos had scored, that we'd be talking about it for three years on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a brilliant goal. It was some finish, and you know, it was it was cutting inside and, and swerving it right in that bottom corner. And I don't think that helped Motherwell's case. Uh, I think after last week they were fragile anyway. But after that finish, you know, that that was quality. You know, and St Johnston can be, can be labelled a bit boring at times, and they're, they're not exactly attractive to watch. We certain players and the way they play and they get stuck in but that that goal was was first class and and if you can get him on the ball next week in the cup final then he could be a game changer that's at Hamden yeah. as well you know if you can move the ball it's yeah. yeah definitely two teams that are safe though St Mirren and Livingston they shared the points in a 1-1 draw Rory were you surprised at that result did you expect a, a draw for two teams the two teams are? I don't think anyone would be surprised by that result um, it's I don't, in terms of Livingston, I don't think Livingston have any fears that they're not going to finish in the top six. I think they've now done enough. I don't see St. Johnston or Dundee United doing enough now to be able to catch them. I think Livy will pick up enough points. Then on the flip side of that, you've got St. Mern who uh, have had a good good season um, and, and they're a strong team within the division. So I think overall, uh, a draw was to be expected all round. And um, it was a great finish for Cammy McPherson, the boy who was up and coming when I was at St Mum. Likes to get stuck in, doesn't mess about, old-fashioned midfielder. So um, it, it was, again, another good advert for the league in terms of his finish. Um, that was his weaker foot, swerving it right in off the post. So, no, I think overall, a draw from what I've I seen of the game looked fair and probably no surprises all round. Yeah, totally agree. I thought it was a very fair result. We'll move on to the game today just before we came on air. Rangers hit four again after hitting four on Thursday night. Hadji, Kent, Aribo and Morelos get the goals for Rangers in a 4-1 win against the United. Shankers, at 20 minutes into that game, what was your thoughts of the, thoughts of the Rangers' performance? Uh, I, th- I thought the United were probably a better team until the first goal. I thought the, the front three kind of linked up well. Um, unlucky not to probably be ahead with one or two goals, but it's the old thing when Rangers got a goal, it, it's so hard to, to come back and and win the game against them in, in the league. Uh, Aribo, Morelos, I thought, were, were both standouts. I think I'm, I'm not critical, but I don't like when Morelos drops deep and, and links up to play, but I think I thought he'd done it excellently today. Uh, Aribo's, Aribo's feet, uh, one-twos, twisting and turning, I thought I thought he was probably the best player in the park today. Yeah, definitely. Rory, how impressed were you with Joe Aribo? I thought he was the best player in the park by mile today. I just thought it was the creative spark that Rangers needed. Ah, he's different class. He's he's a game changer, and when you're struggling to break a team down or you're under the cosh, uh, he's a guy who can you know one step over, uh, swerve it in the bottom corner or the or the top corner cup coming in for the outside, and he's involved in everything, um, cute one twos and different things around the pitch. Morelli is coming deep as well. I think Morelli has had to adapt his game because he's realised that scoring goals isn't enough um, because of the players they've now got in the squad. I look at Celtic, and I look at a team who. Aye, they've got Christie and they've got other creative players, but they rely so heavily on Edward. They're a mirror of Rangers two years ago when if, if Morelos didn't play well or didn't play, then, then Rangers didn't play. Um, so he's, he's had to add to his game this year to really contribute in other areas because other players are, have stepped up to the to the mark. And Aribo was part of that. And, you know, he got an injury which slowed him down mid-season, but he's came back and I even in Europe there um, during the week, he, he looks like a player who's, who's on the ball, who, who's really up for having a, a really strong finish to the season. Yeah, definitely. Wilson, what's been your thoughts on Rangers in your absence? Uh, no interest, to be honest. Uh, they're rubbish, they're cheats, and they got all the penalties for the referees. No. Totally <laughs> <good>. uh, <laughs> to be fair, I, I mean, we just spoke about it before we come on air as well. You know, that they're finding so many different ways to win, and that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, as I said, they were blown away teams at the start of the season, and they had a week and a lull when they're beating, you know, teams they should maybe be scoring more against. Your Kilmarnock, Ross County's beating them 1 0. And then their performance in Europe, albeit it wasn't the free flowing attacking football that they do, but again, they found a way to win. And what did they not beat Kilmarnock County 6 0? No, was it no 6 0? No, who, who was it they beat at either? It was 1 0. Kilmarnock. It was Kilmarnock, but it was somebody. St. Johnston. St. Johnston. Thanks, They're finding, albeit with the aid of two penalties on Thursday night. Um, they're, they're finding ways of battling and winning in different ways and and that, and that's what's and again that, that's what's been impressive you know they're not they, they have plan A plan B and plan C you know to go out and beat teams the only, only thing I mean obviously I didn't watch the game today how, how did Ryan Kent play today? 
I thought I thought he did well on Thursday, so I was expecting maybe October, November for his next best and his next good game. <laughs> you know, for seven million pound, one good game every six months is no bad comeback. But as I say, I, you know my opinions on it. The, the league was done and dusted in October after that shambolic first old fun game. But Rangers have proved that they are w- well ahead of the rest this season. Um, and as I say. You know, you maybe think, oh, Tavernier's injured or they've got this guy here and they can rotate those guys in midfield with Davis, Arfield, Aribo, Jack. They're just rotating them around, you know, getting the rest and whatever they they, they need. Roof scores goals, Morelos scores goals, the wide players are scoring goals. As I say, and I was going to talk to one of my mates this through the week and you know what a big fan I am of Alan McGregor. And I'm saying, Alan, Alan McGregor for me, I think would be unfortunate not to be probably player of the year. Mm-hmm. Because every time he needs to make the one or two saves in a game, he makes them. Uh, it's difficult then, to argue with that. It's difficult then, to argue then with then that. He, spends, he must spend 88 minutes on Facebook or on Twitter or something because he's got nothing to do. Because, no, but, you, but you calculate the amount of points that he'll have won the team oh, as, a, you know, as opposed to Tavernier who scored 17 goals and this is taking nothing away from him at all. How many of those 17 goals are when the team's 2-3 up? When they've got the three points in the bag, which again, isn't he taking it away from him? But... You know, Alan McGregor has probably won over the course of the season more points than any other player on the team. He's he's honestly been unbelievable since he came back to Rangers. Now, again, the first couple of seasons, you know, teams were creating chances against him because the team in front of him wasn't particularly great. And he'd maybe make, you know, three saves out of five, but he'd still concede. But this season, the, the, every single time he's called into action, he's he, even, even the game they lost in the Cup against St. Murn, that late goal, the, the initial save... Mm-hmm. You know, and he was very, very unlucky not to get the, the, the second one that the fella scored from. But as I say, everything is just connected with Rangers this season. And as I say, whether it's down to the you know, Gerard or the players, the, the, the facts don't lie. They've won what, 27 games out of 31, whatever it is. And no one, not even the, the, the bitterest of supporters, can argue where Rangers are this season and in the league. Yeah. Definitely. Just before we, we go into another couple of subjects, we should just say we're recording this before Ross County against Celtic. Let's try, we'll, we'll have a wee prediction. Obviously, that's because out after the result, but let's have a wee prediction right now. We're at 6 o'clock on Sunday night. Do we think, do you think the score's going to be? I'm going to go 3 0 Celtic. We'll start with Rory. Can, can it be easy going up in that bus to, to Dingwall? And I don't care who you are. At that level of football, there's always that wee bit in the back of your head until it's over that thinks, what if? What if Rangers draw the day? What if, you know, after Europe, they're a wee bit off it? What if they drop a couple of points? These Celtic players have won so many trophies over the last nine years that there will still be that bit. So when you watch the first go in, the second go in, the third go in, the fourth, it must be pretty demoralising and pretty demotivating. So with that in mind, I'm going to say that Ross County will score, um, but Celtic will win it by the odd goal and win it 2-1. Wilson, moving on. I mean, just as Rory mentioned there about the, the journey up, you know, and as you, I always think if they if they're sitting in that bus and Dundee United got a draw, or you know, even won the three points, then it motivates you. I think that's what Celtic's problems been. I think every single game, whether they're playing after, they look completely demotivated. There's no urgency. There's no spark. It's just a grind out. Now, I I think it will be a battle up there tonight. Um, and as I say, the, the, the games are kind of running out now. You know, if they got it down to, what is it, 50, well, it'll be 18 points if, um, if Celtic don't win tonight. But if they got it back down to 15 points, and, you know, then there's still that glimmer that they can maybe cross up. But the games are running out now. And as I say, I actually think if Celtic draw or get beat tonight, I just don't think the players or the punters are, are that bothered now. They know it's far too much. The, the, the problems have been there, uh, laid bare, you know, with the whole circus that's been on this season um, but as I say it's one of these games I think it's quite a hard one to predict um, to be honest and Ross County are fighting for their lives you know I kind of thought when Ross Stewart left they'd be certainties to go down because that was their only firepower up front um, but I'll, I'll go both teams to score Celtic to win I'll go 3-1 3-1 there you go right. Shankers what are we, we thinking tonight to go in comfortably 3-4-0 I think they've they've been playing pretty well recently. Kind of 
Edward's coming back into his game, whether that's because he knows the summer's coming up uh, or whatever. There's a few players kind of kind of playing well. Yeah, he's even come into it and played played well when he's had his chance. Uh, I think uh, I think Celtic will win comfortably tonight. To be honest. Brilliant. I think the boy Kenny's done really well since he came in and I think he's helped yeah. Greg, Taylor, Greg Taylor on the other side as well, he's, he's provided a good balance and I think he's really really helped him out and um, it would be great if Celtic can get him on board full time because he's looked comfortable in, t- in a team that's been struggling like I said, I think he's brought the best out of Greg Taylor as well yeah, Greg Taylor's definitely. a great player a great player, brown at absolutely brilliant, he was at Kilmarnock and it's the step up and I think he's I think he's coped well, it's just the fact you know the, the fellas came, the Kenny's came from Everton, so he's brilliant. But Greg Taylor came from Kilmarnock, so he's rotten. But he wasn't brilliant, like, Taylor. Oh, the right. He wasn't he, brilliant, Taylor. The season, though. he was making mistakes, and he wasn't as comfortable as he is now. The whole, the whole team, the whole, the whole team felt the pieces. There was, as I, I said on here, you know, at the start of the season, you know, going up to the old firm game, there was some, there was an issue. You know, there was there was issues between that players because if you cannot be motivated. To play for a Celtic or a Rangers or any team in a game, then there's off, there's a, there's an issue whether it's off the part. Now you can maybe see possibly Griffiths, possibly Edward Christie, one or two players. See when you see eleven players demotivated and not trying, there's a problem. And I just feel the whole squad suffered from that. Yeah. Uh, I still think the boy Kenny's been good though. I, I do. It's yeah, not to do coming for Everton, but I think, like I said, he's provided a good balance. And on paper, I think as a fullback, he's he's a better fullback at the moment than Greg Taylor. And I, I just think coming in, him coming in is is definitely provided a bit more balance to Celtic. He looks strong. He looks like he looks like a winner. Um, and I, I think he's been a good signer. Be good if Celtic can get him on board. I would say. Yeah, definitely. We're just going to go, before we, we go on to like some questions and things like that, I just want to throw this out there today. There was a news story in Daily, the Daily Record. I haven't even said I was going to touch on this, but do you remember Umar Sadiq that played with Rangers? I, I think I know your thoughts. I know, I know what you're going to say, and I feel sick. So, <laughs> if I were trying to sign him from Almeria, Rory, can you give us a guess at how much Almeria want to sign him? For, what Almeria want for him from Seville? I would be I would be lying if I knew who this who this player was. Umar do, do you remember the first yeah, big tall guy? First first season under Gerard, big massive guy. He played in the cup semi final against Aberdeen. That was his only appearance. Oh right, okay, aye, aye, and aye, and he wasn't great, and he never got an offer. Right, I remember this now. Aye. Um so he's went to Almeria and done well. And now Seville want him. Yes. Guess the price. Guess the price tag. Guess what and Almeria want for him. Almeria are in the La Liga. Yes. The league, no, the, the league below. The league below. Um, right, I didn't even know that, but that's even better. Um, nine mil. Nine million. Just a wee bit short. 52 million. <laughs> Jeez, old man. Was it only You want five cans back? I don't know. So I'm going to throw this. <laughs> one. So How many goals th- has he scored? I think he's done all right. Actually, I think he scored. He must have done. Hold on, we'll just find out here. Twelve goals and four assists in twenty-two games. I think that's quite good, by the way. But again, if that's he's worth like... fifty-two million, what are you worth, Rory, at that age? He's only twenty-two. Remember. <laughs> Shank, I'm giving I'm Shank, I'm giving Shank a solid twenty million. I'm well, giving twenty ten. Rory we lost four cans at that age. <laughs> in twenty two, I had the same amount of appearances as him. Put it that way for Rangers. <laughs> but I definitely wasn't worth fifty two million. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I just thought we'd touch on that, but we'll we'll move on. Obviously, there's a lot happened since Wilson was last on the show, particularly at Celtic. What is your thoughts on the the situation now and? Who do you think could be the Celtic manager in June? Well, as I know, I've kind of been talking to you guys on our own chat and whatnot, but I, I find it completely bizarre, you know, how Neil Lennon's still there. And what now, I think, I think it was maybe David Proven that had a, a column in the paper um, a couple of weeks ago saying that this Celtic's next gamble is going to have to pay off because they are not going to sell 60,000 season tickets with Neil Lennon as the manager. Now, if if Neil Lennon is kept on as a manager, which I don't believe will happen, but if, they're going to have to sign a Messi or Ronaldo to get bums on seats. So the next, they're going to have to get a, a box office name 
maybe obviously not going to be as good as Brendan Rodgers, but they're going to have to get somebody in that sells these season tickets because the disjoin between the club and the fans at the moment is massive. And they, they could find themselves in, in, in real trouble. Now, I did say, you know, I have said previously that I feel Scottish football in general will struggle next year for the sheer fact, whether it was uh, Celtics League or Rangers League, you know, I think a lot of Rangers fans will breathe a big sigh of relief that they've stopped the fabled 10 in a row. And I think if Celtic had won 10 in a row, they'll be thinking, well, there's not much else to do here, you know. And I think there's going to be a slight lull. And that's where I think Celtic need to go out and get someone. It might not be the greatest manager, but it's going to have to be a box office name. As I say, I don't think particularly they're playing any better than what they have been doing. I think uh, Shankers is right in terms of Edward's picked up a few goals. Um, but I, I, I'm trying to think what the game what was it I watched. Was it St Mern? And then um, I was looking at guys like Ryan Christie and Rogic and I'm going, they can offer so much more than what they're showing now. Um, and they, they need to be better. I know it's hard. When, but I, I, I think teams now, and I think you saw St Mern at Parkhead as well, I don't think teams are going to Celtic Park now and putting 11 men behind the ball and trying to grab a point. And I think that they can smell blood. Um, and, and try and get someone because they're, they're so disjointed and lacking any sort of passion enthusiasm. Um, so I think Celtic, I don't really think are any further forward. I mean, I saw uh, Neil Lennon's interview today and he was saying that, you know, we've, we've been poor in four games and that's, that's the difference between us and Rangers. And I'm going, you must be watching something completely different to what the rest of the Scottish population is watching. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to win, but some of the performances and that have been abject to say the least um, but I, I still don't think I still don't think he'll be in charge but it's going to have to be a big box office name to sell those season tickets this year Yeah definitely we'll touch, we'll touch a wee minute on before we move on to the Wilson's we'll get some quick fire questions Shankers we watched the watch along on Thursday night in, in Europe are you, are you kind of slightly worried about Rangers kind of Tavernier roofing now today Ryan Jack been, been taken off injured are you slightly worried going into the the tail end of the season that these players might just be struggling a wee bit. No, I don't think I think Rangers will get too much squad depth and and I think no matter who comes in and who goes out, I think there's just so much confidence in the squad. Obviously they're big players and and if they're all fully fit, the chances of their playing the best eleven, but I still think the players that can come in and, and replace them are more than good enough to to play uh, in the 11 week in, week out as well. So I, I think Rangers, as one thing they've got this year that they maybe lacked in the previous years is is the, the depth of the squad quality-wise. They've had big squads in the past, but I don't think the quality's been there. Whereas this year, I think you can you can make six, seven changes and I still think the team is just as strong. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Rory, we've got the cup final coming up on Sunday, St. Johnson against uh, Livingston. How do you see that going? It's a bit of a bit of a coin flip. Um, I, you know, I like to avoid cliches when when I'm talking about football. But first goal in that one. If St. Johnson score the first goal, then they'll be compact. They'll be difficult to beat. They'll be difficult to break down. They've got players who can hit you on the counter attack. So Livingston score the first goal. It's it's exactly the same. Um, I think if you were looking at this cup final four or five weeks ago, um, you would have Livingston um, is overwhelming favourites. However, I think with St. Johnson's form coupled with um, you know, Livingston, Livingston have still got good form. A couple of defeats, uh, I know that. But since David Martindale came in, they've been different class. So if, if you're asking me to pick a winner on that one, then I, I would have to say I can see it going the distance. Um, extra time, possibly penalties as well. I don't see um, I don't see a team running away with it. I know St. Johnson did that against Hibs in the semis, but I, I don't see that outcome. I think it will be, I think the first 60, 70 minutes will be don't lose as opposed to don't win. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that as well. We'll touch on the... Wilson's got some quick-fire questions for Rory as well before we move on to some fan questions. What have we got? We've been looking forward to these all day because we've been hearing about them all day. I'm glad somebody has been. <laughs> now, I'm telling them the new again. We want answers, right? And don't and I know I know I know the time I've fallen you on social media or you were good friends with guys like Paddy Mad and all these guys. We're not interested in these guys. <laughs> we want big names, no, no, no stooges. 
we want big names from Murray Park and Ibrook Stadium, don't we, lads? None of that. <laughs> none of these Carlisle players or St. Martin players. Although I see he dropped Jack Ross's name in right on off early doors. I like that. I like that. Even though he's an enigma for me, I'm, I don't rate him at all. I think Craig <laughs> Sampson's the brains behind that outfit, to be honest. Um, but nah, he's, 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 a, he's a top manager, trust me. Craig Sampson's the brains. He's the top man there. Right, are you ready, Rory? <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, start, we'll start off easy and then we'll get a wee bit more difficult. Because some are out-and-out out questions are not choices, all right? Okay. So we'll go, mate, you've got to give me the first answer. You're going to ask the same one as Shanks asked last week, I can tell already. I think yeah, I heard see, see, see what I'm going to say is, he's gave it all the big licks. I've been watching the shows that week after week. And <laughs> he's obviously know then if he's going to ask the question. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't Just worry. Gonna change it to keep <laughs> don't worry. It's a question you told me to ask about six months ago. You said you need to ask that every week. Right, are we ready? Yes. Messi or Ronaldo? <laughs> I better keep it the same as I said last week then. <laughs> um, I would go with Messi. Um, if these are quick fire, um, do you want some background in it or do you just want me to no, give the no, answer? Not quite, no, no, interested in your part, son. You just want quick fire answer. <laughs> 55 Ready. or 10? 55. Talbot or Cumnock? <laughs> Cumnock. Oh! <laughs> Can't believe that. My, my full fa- a lot of my family's to Cumnock, believe it or not. <laughs> City or United? What's that? City or United? Uh, United. Pep or Klopp? Klopp. Falkirk or Dundee? Falkirk. <laughs> Falkirk. In your debut for Rangers, who did you come on for? Um, 56 double, minutes against Inverness. It was a double sub, so um, me and Ferguson came on for Thompson and Miller. Correct, Kenny Miller. Well. Your first in Fairman goal was against who? Airdrie. Best player you've played with? Probably Ferguson, to be fair. Um, he's, he was different class. He really was. Worst player you've played with? Worst player I've played with? Don't um, go and see big Jamie Adams. That's no nice. He's a nice guy. No, he um, he would still fit quite nicely into that St. Johnson structure, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, he was much adored by many Scottish fans, but Sebo was just, he really was bad. <laughs> he, was, he was a lovely, lovely guy, but he was, he was, he wasn't he great. Right. Best player played against? Best player I've played against? At any level, at any time? Well, we want, we want big names, we want Rangers, we want... Right, well, we want, what I would say is, when I played for Kilmarnock, uh, back in the day when the reserve games were on a Monday night and you used to get a um, couple of thousands at the games and it was first team players that they played a Saturday we played Celtic came came down to Rugby Park and Paul Lambert played and in those days I played in midfield and he was something else yeah okay worst player played against worst player I've played against that's a tough one I'm trying to think off the top of my head Um even in training, maybe at Murray Park, maybe someday at training. Who can we come back to that one at the end? I'll give I, you an I, answer. We'll come back to yeah. it. I'm, 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 I'll just make a wee map. Best manager, what thunder? Uh, oh, it's a tough one. It would be very different styles between Peter Houston and Jack Ross. But if I was forced to choose, I would probably say Jack Ross. But Jack Ross, um, Peter Abbott. Uh, Peter Abbott. Um, Greg Abbott down at Kalil was good as well, but I know you're uninterested in these answers, but overall, Jack Ross. <laughs> Worst manager played under? Um, <laughs> Paul Hartley. Uh, most vain teammate? Most vain teammate? Um... I would say 
Kyle Hutton. And a player that you played with that didn't the, the best player that you played with that didn't make the grade that you thought, how's he not a professional footballer? How did he not make it massive time? Um trying to think in terms of ability as opposed to there was a there was a boy who came on loan. There's a couple actually. Do you know who I'm surprised no one went on to have a better career? He maybe has in a different country. Do you remember a, a Rangers player, Salim Kirka? Yeah, Algerian. Right, he he came on loan right, and he was just known as Bugera's mate. So he he came across, and we were all a little bit like, "Who's this guy?" Just Bugera's mate, another guy who's going to take up a place in the squad that's going to do a young boy over, right? And then what happened was we played we, we played this testimonial game for, for a guy down at um, one of the junior parks. I think it was Pollock, maybe. And um, he came down and we were like, this guy's not going to fancy this. He was unbelievable. He was chipping the goalie. He was lobbing the goalie for about 40 yards. He was dribbling. He was, he was, he was sensational, to be fair. Now, maybe not quite Rangers quality, but I'm surprised he's not went on to have a, a better career elsewhere. Him uh, and another lad, Ada Jaziri, who came on loan. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember him. I, I don't know if he was on loan or he was I think he was probably signed. Now, he ended up just playing the youth team because he was that age at the time. He was 18, 19. He was Dutch, but he was phenomenal. Some of the things he could do with the ball was ridiculous. Um, so, obviously, these types of questions, you're not going to hear names that you've heard of because otherwise they would have made it big. But those two were Kerker and, and Jazeri were, were top-notch. Right, and back to worst player played against. Worst player played against. I think a one I've played against a good few times that wouldn't have been been great. Stephen Craigan. That's tough. I, I, I've not played. He was a manager. He was a manager of Motherwell. I played with Dundee. I scored that day, believe it or not. Um, so I think he had one game in charge and it was up at Dens. But um, worst player, it probably would be a centre-back, to be fair. Um, so... Who would we go with? Who's I mean, I, some bad, bad, bad players down in England? Can I throw up a suggestion that you might have trained against? Yeah. Carl Svensson. Remember him? Uh, I remember him. He was there when I was there. Wasn't he, 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 wasn't he, wasn't he too bad? But I can't, I can't be calling the guy the worst player I've played with. He's probably got about 50 Rangers appearances and a couple of, <laughs> Swedish, <laughs> couple of Swedish appearances. That's what makes it fun. I would say... Let's think back to that time then. Worst play. I played with Carl Spencer. I played against him though. Um, even in training. Even in training. I'm not going to put a name. Because we, we, we want Rangers' names, let's be honest. Probably. Probably. <laughs> 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 he, was, he was bad. I remember one day. I remember one game. Um, we were playing St. Johnson already. This was this was at a time where Owen Coyle was the St. Johnson manager. And they actually they had a good team. You had Jody Morrissey and, and all the rest of it. And... Um, Went to Murray Park and it was around the time I was starting to get a bit older, 2021, 20, and I was scoring enough goals in the resis that I was knocking on the door of being involved at least on a match day. And I'll, I'll never forget, it turned up and there's me and other boy, Stevie Lennon. He's now scoring hundreds of goals in Iceland. Yes. And it was Tam Buffel, right, who on his day for Rangers was was different class, a really good player, but it got to that point where he was never going to play, he wasn't bothered, and he was on his way out. But he, on his day, he was still a top quality player. So it was him running about no arsed and it was Sibo as well who was running about arsed but just terrible um, and we're, sit, we're, sit, we're sitting on the bench me and Stevie Lennon and the um, the ref runs it but there's no linesman comes up to the dugout side the linesman have no turned up they've no turned up so I get handed a flag Stevie Lennon get handed a flag <laughs> and we're needing to, need to run the touchline I just remember thinking right I can't get in the match day squad because of this guy <laughs> Offside every two minutes. Sibo, offside, offside. <laughs> <laughs> and we played the second half, believe it or not. It was a 2 1 down, and me and Stevie came on and did well, and we ended up winning the game. But when you find guys for millions of pounds as well, becomes di- it then becomes difficult to, for, 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 for managers and players to, to get left out when they're worth that amount of money. But uh, he, he wasn't great um, at all. He wasn't suited to playing on the ground. He was a lovely, lovely guy, right enough. Um, but uh, he was good pals with advice, Vladimir Vice, who had all the ability in the world, and uh, he, 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 Siebel wasn't he great. So a double dunter for, for old Philip Siebel. 
Poor soul. Thanks, thanks, Rory. That's that's gave us a bit of insight into <laughs> how bad some of the guys were at Murray Park. <laughs> Brilliant. We've got a very interesting question here for Tommy Griffin. I just want to throw to everybody. Question for all four of you. You have to pick a player past or present from your big rivals to play for your team's present day first eleven. Who do you pick? Shankers, Rory and Scott obviously need to pick a Celtic player, Wilson and a United player. We'll start off with Shankers. Pick a Celtic player from past or present to go into your Rangers team right now. Who would it be and why? Henrik Larson. No uh, brainer. Doesn't come into equation really. Uh, I don't think I've seen a player playing for Celtic like for, that I can remember that caused like you just playing an old firm and you, you go into the game maybe confident it's a Rangers sport, but you just think this guy could do anything on this pitch. And I don't think him going on to Barcelona and Man United and doing really well like surprises anybody how many players for, for Rangers and Celtic can you can you see go, going and do stuff like that? So definitely be Henry Larson. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw in Craig Bellamy. I'm going to say Craig Bellamy's performance at part, uh, Ibrox for against Rangers for Celtic is the best old firm performance I've ever seen. He's six months there, I think he nearly won Celtic League on his own. So I'm putting Craig Bellamy in. Rory, who you got? Um, based on what I've seen when I was growing up and what a lot of boys who are a little bit older than me say, um, I would probably go with Lubo Moravchik. Um Anyone who has trained with him, played with him, that I know for Celtic said he was ridiculous. Like, you've never seen a more comfortable player on his left foot or his right foot. Some of his performances for Celtic as well were a different class. So, um, I think he would have fitted quite nicely into a lot of these Rangers teams, especially the current one, who are absolute ballers. <laughs> Wilson, you've got the whole of A United's history to choose a player that goes into the, the Kilmarnock team right now. Who goes in? I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm thinking Shankers or Scotty McLaughlin <laughs> is, is definite up there. But I don't I mean I don't think he's as renowned as playing for Ayr as he did for Hibs. But I always thought Pat McGinley was a very good player. And when Ayr were kind of reaching, you know, the dizzy heights of cup finals, and that there was guys like John Hughes was playing, James Grady, Pat McGinley, Andy Walker, um, were, were all playing for them at a time and. As I say, Pat McGinley was a, was a, was a good, good player with Hibs and Celtic as well. Always always like a striker. That's something I know Kelly fans will hate me for saying this because of what he did against Kelly, but Andy Walker was a player as well. I know he's kind of met him fondly by the Air fans, but I know Shanker doesn't rate his commentary particular, but Andy Walker was a, was, was a good player. In the same way that Chris Boyd's a very good player, but his commentary skills have a lot to be desired as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I, would stick, I, would, I think I think I'd maybe Pat McGill and Andy Walker would probably be the ones I would like at Kelly. And, and to be fair, Kelly need a goal scorer and they need a bit of a box to box midfielder that can get tore in at the moment as well. What about the home name? <laughs> well, I'll get you, you and Scotty, big Kevin Kyle, and that will come in and, and, and help it. Yeah, right, McInnes, manager. I'd like McInnes as a manager. <laughs> Did Barry Ferguson in your head before that? Before? I but I'm, no, I'm just saying uh, it, it's what I was saying was if Kelly had been at the start of a new season, if I, so if Alex Dyer had kept us up, went to the start of the season, you know, I was looking for just something a bit different. Now, again, I know it's, it's like any manager's a gamble, but guys like Barry, Barry Ferguson, you know, I feel he, he wasn't great at Clyde, he wasn't, he wasn't rubbish. He's now in that league with, with Kelly Hearts and he's done, he's done well. I think managers can change, even when they've had a knock, you know, and they've maybe not done as well as, as they expected. Now, everyone we've had on this show that knows Barry Ferguson has said his training is first class, his ability was first class, you know. So he Barry Ferguson's maybe one of the guys that thinks the next job I get in professional football, if I if I don't do well, then that would be me, regardless of how good a player in that he was. Okay. I still think I don't know I still think and this is nothing against Barry Ferguson I've never worked under him um, and this is no personal opinion whatsoever but in terms of you know, ter- you, you know you talk about coaching there you talk about his training sessions you still got to be able to manage people 
You still got to be able to manage a squad of 15 people. And whether you're a footballer or whether you work in a call centre, it doesn't matter what you do, you're still a person. So it's a different quality to have to be able to take a training yeah. session, to be able to manage people. <clears throat> and I, and I, I was going, I was going, I was going to touch on that as well. You've got, and it, I felt, I felt the same. It was a wee back when Lee McCulloch got the Kelly job, you know. And Peter Levin's a big fan of the show. Not a big fan. I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> when, when, when a young manager comes in. Now, I know Barry Ferguson's got Bob Malcolm, etc. When a young manager comes in, I think need a bit of experience in beside them. So, for example, I just use this name as an example. When Lee McCulloch got the commander job, I think if he'd got someone, just for example, like Archie Knox in as his number two, someone that's been over the course a million times, I think that would have benefited him. Okay? Whereas he had a young guy, Peter Levin, and I just thought it was doomed to, to failure at the start because there was a lot of problems off the field as well at the time. And I, I just feel if Barry Ferguson, you know, he thinks if I if I do a rubbish job here, I'm, you know, I, that, that's me. That's my managerial career in full-time professional football over. I also heard from a pal of mine, a wee rumour, that Peter Lovenkrantz had applied for the job. Now, again, that, that's come from left field. You know, but Peter Lovenkrantz obviously has ambitions to be a top manager. So, why, why can we not? I mean, Rangers are a bigger club in command, but let's let's see, you know. And if he does well for two or three seasons, then moves to a bigger club, you know, then, then fair enough. I just felt it was. I always think with a lot of managers, the the club look for someone that's not in a job. They don't look at the bigger picture and think, well, we can just go and take him. And I know money comes into etc. I just felt Tommy Wright was on the manager, you know, merry ground, and I'm quite sure if. Um, you know, he was in the frame for the Motherwell job. I'm quite sure Jim Goodman left. He'd been in the frame for the St. Mern job. It's just same old, same old. Rather than be thinking outside the box and getting something a wee, a wee bit exciting. Uh, it's coming with something to prove as well. I think the problem with that, with Kelly, is they're such in a tedious position at the moment. I think if it had been... and it's That's At the time, Tommy, uh, right, the right appointment as such. Uh, I mean, if Alex Daddy kept us up, got to the end of the season, and it was getting revamped, these are the types of guys I would like to have seen. And as I say... Somebody like Neil McCann as well. I don't know, I'm just looking at a list of ex-Rangers players here, but Neil McCann must have something to prove. I think the, the way he left Dundee, I think he's itching to get back in, he's agitated, and needs to prove himself. So there's I like a change I'll, I'll actually, I didn't with McCann for a spell uh, before I went to Falkirk, so I did pre-season and all that, and worked with him. I enjoyed working with McCann, he was good. Um, don't get me wrong, I, I was looking to leave Dundee at that point. He wanted to, to actually keep me because he felt like he'd nick a goal, but um, I, I enjoyed working with him, I enjoyed his training and stuff, so... Um, the likes of McCann, who's got that experience, I definitely, um, you know, pl- plucking players or plucking co- coaches based on their based on their previous playing career, it doesn't doesn't sit well me with that well with me that one. I think you've got to earn it. Um, I don't think you should just be taken to a club based on the fact that you've played. Um, but but I I think for a club like Comana, it needs to be somebody that's hungry and going to come in and, and make a difference. As I say, I think a year, eighteen months down the line. It'll be the style of football under Tommy Wright's rubbish and we're drawing up every nil nil and we're finishing ninth, tenth. There needs to be that wee bit of ambition, I think, and gamble to try and get us to a consistent top six team. Yeah. Alessio, he was a bit of a gamble, no? He was a massive gamble and had his fifth and the punters wanted him out. There you uh, go then. It, it, and that's but again it didn't, but again, I think there was an obviously an issue with the players again. So you know, uh, Kurt Broadfoot left to go to St Mern, then come back. You know, there were several things in the media. You know, losing to the Welsh team was never going to... He, was, he could have won the Champions League after that, but he'd, remem- he'd be remembered for getting beat for the... What was it? Stuart United of the Welsh League, you know? Um, and, and that's what obviously affected him right for the start. So the punters were never going to give him any sort of chance. But I'm quite sure... And again, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um Alessio maybe wasn't quite a bad a decision as, as some as some folk make out to be, and I, and I'm not a, a great fan, and it's a, a bugbear of mine. And I know it works at some clubs, but when the manager leaves, they just appoint the number two. I just think if a manager leaves, that should be the staff that he's brought in. They they are culpable as a whole, or they're successful as a whole, so they all go, or they all. Share it at, at Bournemouth, no Bournemouth. Uh, the number two that was at Eddie Howe, he's just been sacked as well. I know it's that Eddie Howe left his own account. It's the, the club is sacking the manager. Everybody should go, but I think the whole thing at Kilmarnock is uh, Andy Mellon's fault anyway. 
poor Andy. Nah, he's been absolutely chastised. I know. No, that's what that's what I've been saying. Oh, see the things on um on Twitter and all that about Andy Mullen. It's an absolute joke. And I was saying to Wilson, what what is he was involved with reserve teams and you know you know as well, Rory, how close in dialogue first team and reserve coaches and that work because the players are on the plane and the first team are playing with reserves, so they need to constantly know what's happening. And Andy Mullen was a big part of that when Steve Clark was there, so he doesn't all of a sudden overnight become a, a bad day. Uh, I couldn't coach. could not speak high, more highly of Andy Mullen. I he's say he was, a brilliant guy. I think he had an ill advised comment. Um, after the Livingston game, and obviously things are running high, they lost two late goals. And I'll, again, don't quote me on this. He made a, he made a comment along the lines of that they only had four players on the bench because the other three boys or two boys were the young boys and they're no uh, good. I don't and agree with that. Along, along those that. lines, and well, the, honestly, social media went bonkers, didn't it? It was mm-hmm. obviously questioning his Air United. Uh, roots and whatever, and it was, it, it was ridiculous. And so, again, you know, I asked Shankers who works for him, and you're saying the same thing, Rory. That nicest guy you could meet, and no, he was nice, he was he was brilliant at his job. And um, I and he, 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 he wanted to play, he wanted to play football as well, and he wanted to play it right. It wasn't always possible, given that you know, I, that was my first loan spell at someone I worked with, and you know, I was in a place where I wasn't playing, and I wasn't in a you know, I wasn't getting picked or whatever else, but he was a guy who. And training every day would encourage you to do the right things, and you'd have a positive impact on everybody. I couldn't. I, I. I don't know anyone that's got a bad word to say about. Ah, yeah. same. Aye. brilliant. We'll move on to some fan questions just before we wrap up. Josh has asked, "Why didn't Rory join St. Marin permanently?" The we touched on uh, this in the interview, didn't we? Like after the loan deal. Aye. So kind of what I just touched on. So after that, um, after we stayed up in the last day, Easter Road. Um, the manager had changed. Paul Hartley had left and, and Neil McCann had come in. So Neil McCann wanted to make state Dundee, but in my head, I was, uh, I didn't want to go back to Dundee for a number of reasons. Um, so I, I did work under Neil McCann for, for a pre-season and I think I would have had a good relationship with him. Like I said, I, I liked the way he worked and how, and how he was. Um, he was somebody that would, would man manage, he would come in and he would chat to the players and he would, um, you know, but he, he wanted to keep me there. He thought I could nick a goal and, he he wanted to keep me as part of the squad, so there was a little delay there in me leaving Dundee. Now Dunfermline Falk, Dundee put a stipulation in my in my in my contract when I left um, when we when I agreed to leave that I, I wasn't allowed to sign for another Premier League club. So St Johnson were interested at the time. I'd been on trial there under Tommy Wright, and they were interested, um, but obviously I wasn't allowed to to sign there. So I had Dunfermline Falkirk and St Mum. Um, and I think it was a coin flip you know you've just asked me the best manager I've worked under Jack Ross was at, at St Martin Peter Houston was at Falkirk couldn't really separate them I loved working under the both of them I loved uh, the both the clubs I had really successful periods with both clubs but I lost a Scottish Cup final with Falkirk and I lost the league by three points with Falkirk whereas when I joined St Martin for six months we achieved our objective which was to stay up we were adrift by I don't know how long and I remember actually it was an assistant manager at United had made a comment something about the, the result that they'd, um, they'd picked up before I joined St Mum, I can't mind the guy's name, he was the assistant manager at Air that year, and he'd said something along the lines of St Mum are gone, and Jack Ross had caught wind of this, and he would put it up on the on the team sheet every single game. Sandy, <laughs> Sandy Stewart, maybe? No, Sandy Stewart, see? No, it wasn't. It, who was the United manager then? It's not going to come back to me, but... Was he in the manager? Scarlet? Neil Scarley, maybe. Neil Scarley, Neil Scarley, that's who it was. I. Um, <laughs> um, he he made this comment, and the the, the gaffer put it up uh, our first game away at Dunfermline, and um, I and we achieved, achieved our objective. And that day, Easter Road, you know, scoring that goal um, to keep them up, we needed a draw, and I scored a goal, which made it one each, and you know, the full place went bonkers. Uh, it was a trophy day, Easter Road for Hibs, and we had packed out our away end and stuff like that. I just felt like I had, in, was that to stay in the championship? Yeah. I don't know, honestly kind of really remember that when St Mum was near enough I remember bit. before Jack Ross came in they were sort of, I was like 15 points behind there because they were above you weren't they oh aye because then the next season they went on and I won the league aye aye, aye. aye. so I, I felt like I had achieved something at St Mum and I'd had that chance to go and celebrate and that that really was what it boiled down to Falkirk had had 
two very near misses. I was very fond of the club, like I said. They they got to the the playoffs and just get beat off Kamarnik. I know that Kamarnik um, beat them three nothing in the second leg. And to be fair, over the piece, even well, at home, Kamarnik was it? It was four. Was it four? Um, so. I I would say that that's probably the main reason. It was a coin flip. I wasn't interested in going back to them firm. And financially, they'd they'd offered me the best package. But at that point in my career, um, oh, it? <laughs> it was better than better than Falkirk in uh, in Saint But what I would say is that 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 was all I could separate by the two managers, the two clubs. I loved the two of them. Um, and looking back now, I that, that that's the reason that I really came to that decision. Um, obviously, it didn't work out. Falkirk that year we, we weren't successful at all and St Mum were successful but um, that's, a, that's a whole different story but that's, that's probably the main reason why I just wanted to win something I wanted to leave Falkirk um, with them in a good place but unfortunately I left with them I think they got relegated the following year um, so right. we'll just touch on a, a couple of questions as well we've got a couple of questions about Robbie Nielsen Lewis Simpson and Robbie Henson have both asked is Robbie Nielsen the right man for Hearts Shankers what do you think about that I'll touch on that with you I well, I think Hearts may need a respect to any teams in the league. I, I don't think Hearts had any problems going to win that league, no matter who was going to be the going to be the manager. And Robbie Nielsen obviously has an affiliation with Hearts, and that's why he left Dundee United. He maybe felt that that he needed to get Hearts out of the championship and back in the SP, SPL. I think that will happen anyway. I think maybe next year is when you you'll have to judge Robbie Nielsen. I think he's got a kind of SPL-based squad in the Championship. You know, I know results haven't been too great the past couple of weeks uh, with Queen of the South and yesterday was Morton. But I think there's going to be bumps in the road uh, during that season. But I think there's something like maybe eight points clear or something like that. It might even be more. So I don't think they're going to be any trouble winning the league. I think maybe next year, this time next year when they're, when they're in the SPL, you can judge Robbie Nielsen and how he is at Hearts then. But I think Hearts will go up and probably Competing in the, in the top six for, for uh, maybe even Europe, I think will strengthen next year as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Carl, last question. John Bleasdale and Stephen Nicholl both asked something regarding St Johnson, so we'll give this to Wilson, who's a St Johnson fan. <laughs> Do you think momentum is with St Johnson going into next Sunday's Bet Fred Cup final and could they finish in the top half? Uh, I, I definitely think they'll win the Cup final. I've no, I've no doubts about that. As I say, I think. Slightly, and I think Livingston have, and by their own admission, have probably overachieved. Um, but yeah, the momentum is definitely with them, judging on yesterday's results. And I just think, as, as Rory picked up on Melamed and O'Halloran, St. Johnston have got guys that can win games for you, you know, come up with a goal, etc. Um, so I, I, would fa- I would fancy St. Johnston win next week. As far as the top path, I, they, they've got a wee, a wee bit of momentum and a wee, a wee run going, but they, they shouldn't be bottom half, to be honest. We'll touch on the cup final quickly before we go. We'll start off with Shankers. What's your prediction for the cup final? Uh, much like Rory, I think it'll be one with the odd goal. I think. I think. I, I hope it. I'm actually looking forward to watching a final, kind of as a neutral. Obviously, I've said before, if Rangers are in the final, you want Rangers to win. If Celtic are in it, you want the other team to beat Celtic. So, probably the first time for a while you're generally watching finals as a neutral and looking forward to a good game. I think it could be one with the odd goal. I think both teams will. I hope both teams aren't scared to lose it. I hope, that, obviously, they don't want to lose it, but I hope they don't kind of set up defensively and, and try and no lose a goal rather than score a goal. I hope it's dead open and, and both teams going at it. But I think it could be, could go the distance, like Rory said, extra time with odd goal, maybe even penalties as well. Yeah, I'm going to go for Livingston to bounce back. I think Livingston will win. 2 1 Livingston, I'm going for. Rory, you are. Wilson's optimism for St Johnston to win surprises me given what he touched on earlier on the show but what I would say is I I do believe it's going to be a draw probably one each I think think it will go the the distance like I said Um, uh, if anyone's going to win it on extra time or on penalties I think that Livingston have that little bit more mental strength when it comes to these type of situations um, I think St Johnson are good if they're two or three up, but I don't think it'll be that type of game. So, Libby to win it one way or another. Livingston Wilson, you're starting by Callum Davidson's going to deliver a trophy. 
Well, it'll be the first, the first Sunday in a while I've managed to watch country file and songs of praise without any interruption. Because there's no way I'll be watching that. Um, I'll get the result on the C-Facts at the end of the day. Um, I'll, I'll go to apologise to Callum Davison and the St. Johnson fans. I'll, I'll go St. Johnson comfortable 3-0. I call that. As We'll hold you to that next week, but we just want well, we'll wrap up this week's episode. I just want to thank Wilson for coming back. It's been brilliant to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me back. I thought I thought my contract might not get renewed, but I'm happy to be back. I'm more than happy. Brilliant, Rory. It's been a pleasure, a pleasure again. Love having you on. No problem. Brilliant. Pleasure. Shanker's pleasure as always. Really enjoy it as always. Uh, I didn't really enjoy this one as much as the last kind of few weeks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good night. Enjoy as much as your golf a day. Honking, <laughs> by the way. That was terrible effort for me today, but we go again. Brilliant. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another show. Thanks again. Cheers.